Welcome to the Energy Transition Podcast. I'm Ronan Kavna, Deputy Editor of EI New Energy, and I'm delighted to be joined today by our Research and Advisory Director, TJ Conway, who's going to share with us some insights from the latest update of our Low Carbon Investment Tracker. Hi, Ronan. Great to be with you. Pleasure to have you here, TJ. Now, before we delve into your findings, I was just wondering if you could first briefly explain what the Low Carbon Investment Tracker is and why it's relevant. Sure. Our, our Low Carbon Investment Tracker tries to provide value, uh, valuable data-driven insight into how and where firms, oil and gas firms in particular, are directing their spending on low carbon technologies. And we see this as being vital at a time when companies are turning their stated energy transition ambitions into uh, large scale action and implementing their strategies. So how do you go about doing this? We cover 26 top oil and gas firms, and that includes some recent additions uh, like CNPC and Luke Oil. Uh, the tracker contains over 500 announced investments, totaling over $80 billion since 2015. So we track these project based projects based on the date that they are initially announced, uh, meaning that you know the, uh, this capex is going to be uh, spent over the coming years. But uh, but we track the projects and make updates as the projects reach FID, uh, et cetera. And the investments that we cover fall into five main categories, uh, low carbon power generation or renewable power generation, uh, electricity solutions, so investing through the, the electricity value chain, e-mobility uh, and the electrification of transport, supplying low carbon liquids and gases, which includes things like hydrogen as well as biofuels, and negative emissions solutions. Very good. Now, regular listeners to the podcast might recall we spoke about this back in September last year when you first released this kind of innovative new analysis. Now, we talked then about seeing a sustained investment surge. I mean, what's been happening since then? Sure. Well, the title of the report is is Green Spending Accelerates. And I think we've sought to find new synonyms for accelerate where we can, but sometimes we fall short. And, and the reason is because this, this year has started off very strong with announced deals by value reaching 20 billion in just the first quarter alone. Uh, and that is about over two thirds of total 2020 investments by value and, and more than double the investments announced by value in any other quarter since 2015. So we are c- continuing this surge that that even c- c- was you know endured the the 2020 um, you know challenges of related to the pandemic. Absolutely. So what are the factors you see behind this acceleration in investment? So I just mentioned the pandemic. You know there is some regaining of momentum uh, with the worst of COVID-19 past. I think some of the companies that uh, that maybe were hesitant are resuming or redoubling their efforts. Uh, that includes all majors uh, and and that U.S. firms even. Uh, they were well well ahead of pace in their per quarter number of investments announced. Uh, and then you have you know the the drivers that have been constant you know for the last several years uh, around investor pressures. You know firms are facing strong investor demands, uh, and and those that are that are facing the strongest demands are the most active. While, for example, national oil companies that are maybe less exposed to investors have been much less active, really almost virtually inactive. Uh, and you know, the one exception is is, is independent EMPs, which have, have really uh, which are facing investor pressure, but are not stepping up in the same way that others are in general. 
And then finally, we have this strategic shift to, to implementation uh, that I mentioned at the outset. You know, as companies are outlining, not only outlining their strategies, but beginning to execute those strategies, uh, this is becoming uh, low carbon investments are becoming ever, ever more central. And European for firms are, are really leading this, uh, this on this front, especially. Now, speaking of the European firms, I mean, it's no real surprise is it, that they're leading this investment surge considering their strategies. Yes, exactly. You know, they, they've been, uh, you know, sort of long driven this overall investment. I think what we would say, though, is, you know, we, we still haven't, you know, shouldn't cease to be surprised uh, with European firms this year and this quarter in particular, this past quarter, first quarter of 2021, accounting for almost 100% of investments by value. Uh, and Total is, it continues to be the leader uh, in investments announced by value. Uh, that's been a trend uh, that really uh, surged in 2020 as well. And it announced over $10 billion in investments uh, in, in, by our estimates in, in the first quarter of 2021. Uh, as, as, the, as the company builds out this, uh, its aggressive implementation of its strategy, uh, it's, and, and it's, it's in, uh, really carrying out some large scale investments uh, centering on power generation, uh, and regionally focused on places like India, the UK, and the United States. Now, BP and Shell, too, have been making strides, haven't they? For sure. Uh, BP uh, has, uh, has 10 new announced investments with values estimated at about $3.7 billion. Uh, and and its, its, subsidi its subsidiary, LightSource BP, you know, has an extensive um, global solar portfolio and, and is definitely driving activity there. So this is a, a significant step up as it, as it looks toward its, its, its goals later this decade, uh, especially around uh, renewable power generation. Uh, Shell is, is notable for its more diversified approach uh, with less emphasis on renewable power generation. So an important contrast there and more focus across the electricity value chain and in hydrogen and other technologies. It's, it's really the most diversified uh, approach that we've seen across the majors. Now, I want to come back and talk a bit more later about how peer groups compare. But before we do, can you just tell us first, I mean, how investment in the different segments and technologies compare? Renewable power generation has, has made up the, the lion's share of announced deals by value, um, about 90% of total by our estimates. And it, it accounts for about 55% uh, by count, so by the number of deals announced, which also is well above trend this quarter. Um, the, but, you know, the 55% versus the 90% gives you a sense that there's a, a diversity of investments, especially when we're thinking about it by the, num by the number of investments, just because the values of, of, for renewable power generation can be so high in places like offshore wind, uh, especially. But if you, th there are other areas where we're seeing uh, greater activity. So investments in low carbon liquids and gases, which includes a surge in hydrogen projects, made up about 28% of total by count. And that is also well above the average in 2020. Then we have the electricity solutions and e-mobility deals, um, which, which actually fell as a share of total by count. And that could be the sign uh, of, of, of an emerging trend uh, since 2019, as these other areas, renewable power, low carbon fuels, and negative emission solutions begin to rise in priority and be the focus for a lot of different companies. And what about CCS? Any signs of investment taking off there? Yes, yes. There, we, we're beginning to see the signs of a U.S.-led surge in activity. 
Uh, and and so we we you know, some of the factors there are are actually the announcements that companies have made and and policymaker signals uh, that it is a growing priority. Uh, it, so may, not necessarily so much in the in the in the data, especially the announced data by by value, but we are seeing some some important signs. You know, we've already seen Occidental uh, double down on CCS and direct air capture over the past year uh, with its strategy. But Exxon is is key to watch. It's it's uh, it has a new CCS focused unit. It's got emerging bold ambitions, including a CCS hub based in Texas, uh, which is uh, a vision that it has. So, you know, we we expect that this is this is the, potentially the beginning for uh, an uptick in in CCS announced deals over the course of this year and beyond. Certainly one to watch. Now, as well as kind of the overall increased investments, you also identified an interesting trend in the scale of investments. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. Yeah. So. You know, the, the data for 21, 2021 so far confirmed the, the picture of, of more sizable investments by European firms. So, you know, each each deal generally is 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 larger uh, by just, uh, you know, and that's why we have this large valuations, uh, large values, uh, even if the count has been uh, is, is 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 not as hasn't grown uh, commensurately. Um, and for example, of the 23 inve- investments with announced or estimated values of at least $100 million, 18 are in low carbon power generation. So that's where a lot of these high value deals are. I mentioned offshore wind uh, as being key to that. Offshore wind projects, including in the US, the UK, and Ireland, are among the largest. But there have also been some, some large solar investments, especially solar portfolio investments. Uh, and and some, including a pair of solar plus storage deals by Total. So that's an interesting uh, development with the the connection to storage there. Yes, very interesting development. Now I suppose we've talked quite a bit now about the European majors. So let's take a little bit of a deeper look at some of the other peer group trends. So you know, looking at some of the other peer groups, um, they've many have announced fewer concrete deals, but. You know, as I was alluding to, there are signs that that activity may pick pick up later this year. So the U.S. majors are are they making more investments? What does this tell us, perhaps? Yeah. So the the value of announced low carbon investments by the U.S. majors fell in in the first quarter of 2021, but the number of investments shows signs of rebounding. Uh, for example, both Exxon and Chevron continue to pursue. Adaptation strategies, they're focused on bolstering the cost and carbon competitiveness of their oil and gas portfolios. And they continue to invest on a different scale than than their European majors. But recent announcements like the ones I talked about with Exxon uh, in in its CCS ambitions point to a likely rise in, in future spending. So speaking of CCS, I mean, this is one of the areas they're looking at. For sure. Uh, and, you know, so so let's take Chevron first. Chevron has announced some interesting geothermal uh, technology projects. Uh, the firm is also e- exploring several CCS options, uh, and it took steps to also supply renewable power to some oil field operations in 2020. Uh, that's uh, another aspect of its of, of its adaptation focused strategy. Now, CCS is, as I mentioned, an emerging focus for Exxon with its low carbon solutions unit. Um, uh, you know, bringing together its recent efforts. Um, and this includes some uh, other projects that I didn't mention, but uh, 
Porthos uh, and Labarge, for example, are two two CCS projects that have been announced recently. And also, you know, that that large scale Texas CCS hub that I mentioned before uh, was announced sort of after the quarter's end. There's not necessarily a lot of clarity in the valuation of that, but it's again that combined with this its its goals of of announcing something like 20 CCS projects uh, in the relative near term just point to uh, that that trend. Uh, continuing. And, and the global independence, I mean, Oxy, Woodside, I mean, what steps are they taking, for example? So uh, so this, so activity has been quite limited among global independents in the first quarter of 2021. You know, it's, um, but we, we do see some signs that, that, that there, we sort of will see a continuation of some of the leaders uh, continuing to, to make advancements. Uh, Occidental, for example, it may have gotten off to a slower start relative to 2019 or 2020, but in late March, the the Rio Grande LNG developer Next Decade and Oxy's uh, uh, OLCV or Oxy Low Carbon Ventures Unit reached a deal uh, in which Oxy will pipe and sequester CO2 captured from that project. So we're the the valuation is not quite clear. The terms of that are not completely clear to us yet, but that's uh, that's a sign of of continuing activity. And then and then in January. Woodside uh, uh, announced uh, a, a project called H2TAS, a, a 10 megawatt green hydrogen pilot in, in Tasmania. Uh, and that's the latest sign of Woodside's growing hydrogen ambitions, which is, which is an interesting uh, emerging uh, uh, dynamic to, to, look, to look out for. Absolutely. And, and what about the others? I mean, are they doing much? So beyond these projects, you know, BHP uh, announced a, uh, a relatively small uh, electric vehicle research MOU with the Chinese think tank. Um, most others have have been kind of on the sidelines. You know, looking at one quarter's worth of data is not necessarily, uh, you know, d- indicative of trends because the data can fluctuate and be volatile on a quarterly basis. But generally speaking, you know, li- more limited activity. And, and I think that's important for a company like Conoco, where it has set significant emissions reduction ambitions with a net zero with net zero scopes one and two goals or operational emissions goals so we see that it's going to likely need to step up its activity in the in the relative near term uh, in particular so really kind of pressure coming across the board there which kind of brings us to the national oil companies i mean what do you see happening there yeah so so you know there's the nocs began with limited activity but I, I, we sort of similar to, to some of the uh, U.S. majors cases, some early stage projects may lead to larger investments longer term. So that's something to look out for. Um, and, and then, you know, there's um, Equinor we classify as a national oil company. And so it's large Empire Wind 2 project one with BP is, is, is a big exception to the, to the general rule. Uh, and, you know, Equinor continues to build out a leading offshore wind portfolio. And we're beginning to also see this uh, trend of, 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 of farming out stakes, uh, for example, to BP uh, as a way of, of generating uh, some, some, some cash in the near term. And I mean, there's been some announcements too, haven't there, on CCS and hydrogen? Yes. Uh, Equinor is a, good, is, a, is a good example. It's pursuing a leadership role in hydrogen and has announced uh, some interesting uh, collaborations on blue hydrogen with uh, with NG and Gasco recently. So so that's an important uh, uh, one to watch. Interest in hydrogen is building for for other national oil companies too. 
Just a couple of examples, CNPC launched its first hydrogen refueling re station recently and has further ambitions to build something like 50 more. Uh, Aramco also signed a, a blue hydrogen MOU with a Korean refiner, Hyundai Oil Bank. Uh, and you know that's a continuation of, of some of its blue hydrogen ambitions that we saw last year. And then finally, Petronas and QP have signaled growing CCS ambitions uh, for the Kasawari field and multiple Northfield projects, respectively. But the details on, on, on each, in each of those cases remain, um, remain quite limited. Indeed, and we're seeing kind of more details from this survey. Thank you very much. But finally, I want to ask you, I mean, the investment tracker is part of our wider transition service corporate analysis. But what else have you been focusing on and, and what could we look out for next, perhaps? Sure. So, so this tracker actually gives us a sense of of, of some of the some of the key, key emerging uh, trends and issues around hydrogen and CCS. And so we've done an in depth, a lot of in depth work on hydrogen. Uh, we we plan uh, to do a similar uh, in depth study on CCS in in, in a couple months' time. We're doing work on electric vehicles and tying that to to market dynamics. So. You know, we're 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 uh, we're working on emerging technologies, but also tying that to corporate implications and to market implications as well. So that's going to be uh, a, a lot of the interesting work that we'll be putting out over the next few months. A busy few months. So thank you, TJ. And I mean, I hope you can come back and share some more insights on this with us again. Yes, I, I look forward to it. I always enjoy speaking with you, Ronan. Thanks so much. Likewise. So that just leaves it for me now to say thank you to all our listeners. And we hope you will join us again for the next Energy Transition podcast.